Today it is Tuesday the 19th of October 2021 and in our series Reflections of the Holy Quran this is broadcast number 266. These days we are uh, looking at the meanings of the words of chapter 2 of the Holy Quran, chapter 2 verse 93 of the Holy Quran and uh, in that sub-series this is broadcast number 10. These broadcasts are brought to you by the Lahore Amdiya community which is also known as Amdiya Manishayate Islam and the the Ahmadiyya movement, uh, etc. And uh, this organization was established by Hazrat Mirza Ghulam And uh, his teaching was that uh, <clears throat> although people say that after the Holy Prophet Muhammad at least one more prophet can come. The Holy Quran says that uh, the Holy Prophet was Khatmun Nabihi and the Holy Prophet explained that by saying Ana Khatmun Nabihin La Nabiyabadi. I am Khatmun Nabihin and I am the last of the prophets. So Hazrat Mirza Ulam Ahmed said, now no prophet can come, whether an old one or a new one. And uh, when the Holy Prophet said uh, these words, Abadi, his companions, Razila Ta'ala, were uh, disturbed and they said, O Prophet of Allah, um, after uh, uh, prophet passed away in previous ummas. Those ummas gradually went uh, went astray. What will happen to us? And the holy prophet said that uh, God will send. God will send mujaddideen, reformers, to bring the ummah back to the, the right path. And of course, that will lead to uh, differences of opinion. And Narasa pointed out that uh, um, although people are fond of calling each other heretics and kafirs and out of fold of Islam and all this kind of thing, the Holy Prophet forbade it all because he said that if uh, one reciter of the Kalima says to another reciter, that you are uh, not a Muslim, that you are a Kafir, then it is the person saying it who is closer to Kufr, who is closer to being ejected from Islam. Hazrat Ahmad also said that uh, some people say that uh, Ayah Rajam and Surah Walaid, which was prophetic revelation, 
but it's missing from the Holy Quran. Then Hazrat Sahib said, this is untrue. God has said that I have revealed the Quran and uh, I am a guardian over it. So how could uh, any prophetic revelation be missing? Similarly, Hazrat Mirzaghulam pointed out that uh, some people say, some, not some people, many people say that uh, there are verses in the Holy Quran which have been abrogated, which have been cancelled. But Hazrat Sahib said this is not true. No verse of the Holy Quran was, is, or ever shall be, or can be abrogated. And most importantly, Hazrat Mirzaghulam Ahmed said that it is a duty, a fundamental duty of every Muslim to conduct jihad. But jihad as defined by the Holy Prophet Muhammad, not as made up by people later on. And the Holy Prophet, when he was returning from fighting, said that Muslims were returning from the minor jihad to the major jihad. And then went on to explain that the major jihad is, the real jihad is, the jihad bin nafs. That we struggle with our souls, with the temptations in, 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 in ourselves to do the wrong thing. The envy, pride, greed, hatred, etc. We all know what these things are that we need to, uh, uh, to, uh, to struggle against. So, with that, let us uh, uh, turn to uh, verse uh, 93 of Al-Baqarah as we are going to look at the meanings and the significance of the words used in it. A'udhu billahi minash shaytanir rajeem Bismillahir rahmanir rahim Wa iz akhazna mifaqakum wa rafa'ana fawqakum Huzuma atainakum Bikuwatim wasma'u Alu sami'na wa asayna Wa ushribu fi ulubihi Mulajla bikufrihim Ul bi Sama and when we made a covenant with you, this is the Israelites, 
And when we made a covenant with you and raised the mountain above you, take hold of that which we have given you with firmness and obey. They said, we, we hear and disobey. And they were made to imbibe the love of the calf into their hearts on account of their disbelief. Say, evil is that which your faith bids you if you are believers. When we started yesterday, I said we were going to uh, look at the meanings of uh, two words. Yakmurukum and Ninkum. Sorry, I can't read my own handwriting about what we're going to do. Imanukum. And so let us have a look at the uh, um, my notes. So the word that we are looking at, it has two segments. Kum, which is a pronoun and a noun. Iman. And uh, it's, uh, it occurs in, in the Holy Quran. The words made from this root occur in the Holy Quran 879 times and uh, in 17 different uh, shapes. So uh, 537 times it's Abana. So that takes care of the majority and 200, uh, 202 times, it's Mu'min. So what else is there? Uh, 45 times, the noun, Iman. And 22 times, Mu'mina, Mu'mina, Mu'mina. And uh, 20 times Amina and uh, 14 times, is there any 22, yes, 14 times as Amanat and uh, uh, 10 times as Aminin and um, then the rest is once or twice. Well, six times it's Mubinat. Uh, um, so let us have a look and see. what my notes tell me.
about this root. So, Hamza Mim Noon Al Amnu and uh, its uh, basic meaning, fundamental meaning, is to be contented or satisfied. And some dictionaries say that, in fact, three words, Amnun, Amar, uh, Amanatun, and Amanun, they're all um, roots. And you notice the fact that uh, uh, up till now we've been saying the three-letter, the triliteral root is like this one, Hamza Meem Noon. And the first one I mentioned, Hamza Meem Noon, Amnun. But you notice the fact that Amanun, that has Hamza, Meem, Hamza again, and Noon. So you can say, see that this is four letters. So there are some Arabic words which has which have four, some even five letter roots, but they're very few. Um, in fact, uh, a few uh, broadcasts ago, we saw the fact that there was a two letter word and the root was three letters. So, anyway, um, Aman also means peace, security. Those of you who know Urdu would know that in, uh, in movies, you know, old uh, sort of historical dramas, some messenger would uh, uh, go to the king and with bad news. And the first thing he would say is, Jan ki aman pang And the king says, yes. Are you saying, you know, if my safety is guaranteed, you're not going to cut my head off for bringing you bad news. So, uh, and the Quran also tells us, Watahunu Aba Natikum, chapter 8, verse 27. The things which have been entrusted to you, things which have been given in your charge. You know, if uh, um, I'm going somewhere and, uh, you know, I say to my friend, you know, here are the keys to my car in case you need to move it for some reason. That doesn't mean to say that he can sell it or, you know, take it out racing or whatever. The God says, you know, don't misuse the things over which, which have been entrusted to you. Don't be dishonest. But if you combine that with another verse, which is later on, chapter 33, verse 72, Inna aradnal 
अमानात अमानात आलस समावाद इवल अत ये वी इंटरेस्टेड दिस दिस बर्डन टू हेवेंस एंड एर्थ बट दे श्रग्ड बट दे श्रग्ड द रिस्पांसिबिलिटी they said it's too heavy we can't bear it but of course the old human beings being arrogant you know they said <clears throat> fine i'll accept this this burden and i'll look after it so let's take the two verses together what the hunu amanatikum chapter 8 verse 27 and inna aradnal amanata alas samawati wal ard things entrusted to you put you in given to you in trust you know don't use them dishonestly and the other one that uh, i presented this burden to the heavens and the earth and they shrugged away they said no 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 this burden is too heavy so what is it that god entrusted to us he entrusted this earth and all its bounties to us clean air clean water and thousands of other things but did we look after them did we safeguard them as said in the in the uh, other verse that i recited that the things over which you are appointed a guardian over which you are appointed a guardian what is a guardian do he guards those things but have we been guarding those things no we have we have misused all the resources that were available all the resources we have polluted air we have polluted water there was a time when uh, uh, we read in books that people would go to the river and drink straight from the river animals would do that humans would do that why because the water was clean and pure but can we do that now well we can if you want to kill ourselves you know if you want to kill yourself by drinking poison you needn't bother to go to a shop and spend money buying something all you got to do is go down to some river and drink a couple of uh, glasses of water from it that will surely do the job is this the water that god created so polluted so harmful 
ask yourself this. If that water is so bad for you, is it going to be okay? Is it going to be okay for other living things, such as crops? It will seep into the soil. And if it's got pollutants in it, it will pollute the soil. It will make that soil poisonous. There was that famous incident at Chernobyl. A nuclear power plant exploded. And uh, radiation went up into the air. And some months later, they found some of the milk, some of the milk being taken in whales was radioactive. Where is Chernobyl? It's not in Wales. It's in Russia, near Turkey. And all that radiation when that nuclear power plant exploded was carried by air to Wales. Not all the radiation, obviously, some of it polluted other countries on the way. Some managed to make its way to Wales and then it rained. And that radiation came down with the rain. And that rain was absorbed by the earth. And the grass grew in that earth. And that grass absorbed that radiation. And then the cows grazed on that grass. And they ate that radioactive grass. And the milk that they produced was radioactive. People are amazed by this. Now apply this thing everywhere. And you can see how we violated this verse of, uh, of the Holy Quran that the things over which you are made a guardian protect those things. And God made us a guardian. God says, I offered this burden and the heavens and the earth said this burden is too much. But human beings said, no, that's fine. I accept this burden. But having accepted it, he then proceeded to destroy what God had created. This is one example that I gave about how human beings are upsetting the balance, the delicate balance that nature created. Atmosphere, air is supposed to have a certain percentage, a certain proportion of carbon dioxide. And we've disturbed that how? By cars pumping out carbon dioxide from their exhausts. And the chimneys, the factories from their chimneys, the homes from their chimneys where coal is burnt or gas is burnt and so on. And gas boilers and whatever. That has 
Let's follow this. That has changed the balance of carbon dioxide in air. And what that means is that air can retain more heat. So the air has become warmer. Now, that means that warm air is melting the ice at North Pole and South Pole. That ice consists of pure water. Well, let's go with the easy thing first, actually. So that water, that melted ice, is being added to the seas. So sea levels are rising. And if you don't stop it and don't control it, one day Mauritius is going to disappear under the sea level. Sea is, going, sea is going to rise and come all the way up to the Thames barrier. Most of Bangladesh will disappear. So land, dry land that humans need to survive, to build schools and homes for people to live in, that would disappear. And if that land is disappearing, where are we going to grow crops to feed people? And as those ice ices melt, what's going to happen? The area over which polar bears and penguins and other things live, that is going to be reduced and we're going to lose them. You see, nature has created a system in which everything depends on everything else. Things don't just stand out on their own uniquely. So whatever happens is, uh, is happening anywhere else. You know, this is not going to be affected. No. Everything is affected. So Mauritius will disappear. Half of Bangladesh will disappear. That will kill millions. And yet human beings, they're still arguing. How are we going to do this and so on? And this will affect my economy more than your economy, etc. Well, if all the countries drown under a deluge of water, which rushes down from North Pole and uh, rushes up from South Pole and drowns your countries, well, that will sort out that argument, wouldn't it? About the uh, impact of uh, the economic development on the, on the country, because the country will just go underwater. There'll be no country left about whose economic development you are so worried and arguing about. And why is it happening? I repeat again. Chapter 8, verse 27. You were appointed a guardian over them. And you are supposed to guard them. 
but you didn't. You misused them. You were dishonest. And now who, who is going to suffer? Are angels going to suffer? We will suffer. Human beings will suffer. And God says this in another place in the Holy Quran. That when, you know, something bad happens, human beings complain and blame God and so on. But God says that this calamity that you are facing, that was brought to you through your own deeds. Why don't you accept that? That you are the ones responsible. But we don't. We carry on blaming this one and that one and uh, <clears throat> this country blaming America and America blaming China and China blaming India and India blaming Brazil and, and so it goes. But do you think this global forming, sorry, do you believe that this global warming is going to leave any of these countries alone because they're blaming each other? No. What does the Holy Quran says about human beings? That we created, we created a single species of human being. Homo sapiens, whether whatever passport they carry, a one single species. But we are acting as uh, we were competing species. And in that, we are destroying this beautiful and wonderful planet. I noticed that uh, we've slightly gone over the allocated time for our broadcast. So I'll stop here with the prayer that uh, whoever you are and wherever you may be, may Allah keep all of you safe and sound and free from harm. Assalamu alaikum, Khuda Hafiz, goodbye.